0: Quite a good scene, isn't it? One man crazy, three very sane spectators.
1: Difficulties have occurred with the hosts of this podcast. Please do not adjust your broadband connection. Thank you.
0: Okay, welcome back to another fun-filled, exciting, candy-coated, sugar-nutted, flavorful episode of The Average Joe Show. Number 7, 007 James Bond. With me tonight is my usual buddy here. I can't say gain of suspects because it's just me tonight with Mr. Ward Miller. Ward, how's it going? Pretty good in yourself? Doing pretty good over here. It's been a long time since we talked. Anything exciting going on in your life? Uh, no, pretty much the
1: same old thing. I, I'm still, uh, still producing a, a podcast, uh, Restaurant Food Fast at.blogspot.com. Uh, how's
0: it, that's it going? My, that's my shameless plug. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you that plug as long as you don't put it dvorak.org slash blog. <laughs> you, you're good to go. How, how's the podcast going over there?
1: Excellent. Uh, we, we got a lot of downloads, uh, a, lot of, a lot of steady viewers. Uh, we're always looking for more, so anybody who wants to check us out, want to check out a cooking show, learn how to do stuff real quick, real, real easy, uh, it's restaurantfoodfast.blogspot.com.
0: And, and you were saying earlier, it's not just food, you were talking about knives. You said you did a whole episode on knives?
1: Yeah, on cooking equipment. Our, uh, the star of the, of the podcast is actually a licensed chef and uh he he did an episode uh one of the earlier episodes on different cookware and pans and pots and what what makes a good pan and uh we recently had uh one of our viewers ask us about you know what kind of knives we used. he did a whole episode on knives and choosing what what knife for what product and what you're doing with it and it was it was really good
0: that sounds real good Okay, okie dokie. I guess we should get going with the stories here because we don't want to be up till the middle of the night. Well, unfortunately, this week, like the last several weeks and the next, what, five or six weeks, it's going to all be, you know, presidential debates and president this and vice president that. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to have some stories in here this week. First story I found this week was kind of interesting. It was a big snafu that went around the world. There is a, a French uh, press company called Agence France Presse or something close to that. You can check the links at the com for that. It's a company similar to the Associated Press here in the U.S., and they printed an article this last week about Governor Palin, of course, the governor from Alaska. Unfortunately, though, the picture they put with the article was the picture of Tina Fey dressed as Governor Palin from the SNL skit.
1: Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. The, f- the first one she did with that, uh, when she was doing us. A- Governor Palin, she was very funny, right? Her, her and um, um, Amy, Amy Poehler, yeah, yeah, with Amy Poehler being Hillary Clinton, that was that was hilarious. The second one was more mean spirited, I think, than than the first. The first was was kind of funny, and it and it it I don't know. It, it the second one seemed forced because they got a lot of press for the first, you know, and it's like, oh, well, we need something to to throw out right now right so so they they threw it together pretty quick i, I think tina Fey is hilarious uh she's great on 30 rock and uh-huh. uh i have nothing bad to say about it i just think that saturday night live went was trying to to capitalize on the uh the success of the first episode
0: Oh, I agree with you on that, but it it just shows you how good of a, a character she was playing Governor Palin. That the French press actually thought that was a picture of Governor Palin that they put in the newspaper article.
1: And you're giving the French press a whole lot of credit.
0: Hey, <laughs> well, you know, you can blame the French press for part of it, but you also have to blame all these newspapers around the goddamn world that actually printed the picture.
1: Well, the the one that got me was did you see the one that they that CNN posted with somebody that's photoshopped uh, the governor's head on a bikini, uh, some girl wear, wearing this uh, you know flag bikini holding M sixteen. Yes, you know, and CNN ran that as true. They never vetted it. They never came out. And then once they found out that it wasn't real, they never retracted it. They never came out and said, "Well, we we screwed up. We we posted a picture as fact of Governor Palin when it really wasn't her." You know, and and that's the sad part is because she she's not a bad-looking woman. No. So that you know, a lot of these, you know, and people got really good with Photoshop. Right. So she's going to she, there's going to be pictures of her doing all kinds of stuff or she's going to get a attributed all kinds of stuff.
0: <laughs> There's no way that she could be dope. Well, we could have a whole we could do a whole week discussion about the uh the ar- the articles that come out in newspapers and the biases that these channels have against people. It's Oh, absolutely. It's disgusting. It's disgusting.
1: It, it used to be, you know, I I'm, I'm all for you know, the the media's right to their opinions,
0: right. Um,
1: however, the the media's place in politics is supposed to be non biased. I can understand investigations. For example, the uh, you know what was it? The um, I, I keep wanting to say Whitewater, but it, that wasn't it. Uh, Watergate, right? The the Watergate investigations. The press at that point, was doing its job. Uh-huh. And I agree with that. But when you have a, uh, a a media powerhouse like NBC who decides that they want the, Democrat, the Democratic candidate to be president and they do nothing but attack the Republican candidate and boost up the Democratic candidate... It's – it's there's just a not – you know, for example, um, the the Democratic candidate, Barack Obama, has a uh, known history of consorting with a known terrorist uh-huh. in Bill Ayers. No one – you won't hear that in mainstream media. But his Senate campaign was launched in Bill Ayers' living room. Right. You know, and then they finally bring out the stuff about the minister, you know, who preached the death of America. Uh-huh. And, you know, he just says, well, I, I disown him. Okay, that's all said and done. Everything's cool. Wait a second. He went to that to that church for 20 years. Right. And in 20 years' time, he never heard this guy preaching this stuff. And he says no. Now, I don't understand how this is an all-of-a-sudden thing, but if the shoe was on the other foot and it was
0: McCain, you'd hear that story every day until he resigned. Oh, of course. but Of course, McCain's 72 years old, and you know, Governor Palin's a heartbeat away from being the president.
1: Hey, you know what?
0: <laughs> well,
1: look at the other, other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter who's the president. Right. You know, right now Dick Cheney's a heartbeat away. Right. You know, and on the Democratic ticket, that means Joe Biden's a heartbeat away. Right. That's a lot scarier to me than, than Palin.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Honestly.
1: Joe Biden Joe Biden was one of five senators who voted against the Alaska pipeline. The other four are gone. They're dead. Well, they're either dead or retired. Right. I don't want to say they're all dead. The other four, there was five total senators who voted against the Alaska pipeline. The the pipeline that's given billions of gallons of oil to the country, well, not given, but sold, produced, billions of, of barrels of oil for the country. And he thought that that was a bad idea. And he's never recanted that and said, well, you know, maybe I made a mistake. I don't understand why politicians can't say you know what i voted against this or i voted for this because i just felt it was right at the time and and you know hindsight being 2020 i realized i screwed up i think a lot more of a candidate who would be able to take the uh take the blame and say you know what yeah you're right i just screwed the pooch
0: Okay. On that note, let's end that story, and let's go talking about terrorist puppets. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Jeff Dunham, who's
1: one of the funnier comedians on the circuit now, is a ventriloquist, and uh, one of his characters is Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. Now, at no point during the show does he say that Ahmed is Islamic. He does not defame Islam. He doesn't attack Islam as a religion. He makes fun of terrorists. Well, apparently there's ringtones that he has associated with his act, and someone has taken recordings of it, made ringtones for... I can't remember the name of the company. But anyway, the, the ringtones um, that were being sold in South Africa... There was an Islamic group that said that it was offensive to Muslims. I I guess my question at that point becomes So if you say the word terrorist, that automatically equals Muslim, right? It doesn't. I mean, that's what they're implying. Yes, that's what they're implying. If I say terrorist, you hear Muslim. You do. You do. I'm not saying, I don't think that that's right. And I've seen Mr. Dunham's show quite a few times. And at the same time that he's picking on the terrorists, he picks on old people, young people. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter what their uh, particular. Uh, you know, I, I, the more I think about it, the, the more I think that. <sighs> um, I don't know how to put this. The more I think about it um, the more I think that the um the the people with this political correct crap are the ones that are really screwing this country up because I don't see why I have to be politically correct. you I know agree. what I mean I agree uh. We're we're too concerned with having everybody, you know, not hurting anybody's feelings, and you know, blah 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 blah, and, and that's really not the uh, the way it should be. I, in fact, I, I'd seen a, a quote one time that defined what political correctness is. And you want to hear the definition? Please. Political correctness. Is a doctrine fostered by a delusional, illogical minority and rapidly promoted by an unscrupulous mainstream media, which holds to the proposition that it is entirely possible to pick up a turd by the clean end. Huh. that is the true definition of political correctness <laughs> it's entirely possible to pick up a turd by the clean end
0: anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, you know, unfortunately, political correct correctness is just to the point of stupidity. Now, there's a difference between being politically correct and being offensive or a racist. You know, it's sad that when my son comes home, five-year-old son comes home, he says he wants to sit down, crisscross applesauce, and he can't say Indian style because he might offend somebody. It's just ludicrous. That's just ludicrous. You know, I I agree with you, Jeff Dunham's. Comedy is hilarious, and he says the word terrorist, but I don't think of Muslim when I see that. He doesn't say anything about Muslim. He doesn't say anything about religion. It's it's a skit. Deal with it. If you don't like it, don't invite him to South Africa. Yeah, It's like you knew what he was doing. You, he didn't just come there just for the hell of it and figure he'd do it on his own. You know what? I don't give a crap. Don't go to South Africa. You know, like like South Africa is a great place to visit anyway.
1: Yeah, I I definitely don't think that that would be the place I'd want to go. I mean, they're killing people over there. Mm-hmm. And, and we won't even get into their whole pirate thing.
0: Well, yeah. I know Nelson Mandela wasn't very happy with that place for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, South Africa, boo, we hate you. Jeff Dunham, rock on. And i got to give the guy a credit. He's probably doing this for, what, 20, 25 years? And he's a ventriloquist, and he's successful, so whatever he's doing, I hope he keeps doing it. exactly. I'd like to see him give him his own show. I don't know if I'd want to see that. I think it might be a little too much. you know I don't, I don't know if I'd want to see a show. He might you know he'd have to come up with new characters or you might just get tired of it.
1: Or you could have something ridiculous like the inside his head oh, remember, Do you remember
0: that, that show Herman's uh,
1: head uh, Herman's, Herman's head. head. Yes exactly the same thing except inside his head are the are the characters are the puppets and there that's where they do their talking and then you put him into a social situation and then you go inside his head and see what peanut has to say i think that would be funny
0: that actually could be a good idea by the way that's copyrighted by ward miller and no one can use it without <laughs> express written permission of ward miller <laughs> exactly all right let's move on um uh, I see where
1: you find some uh sound bites from the 1908 presidential candidates.
0: Yeah, you know, I I I'm, I'm not a history person. I was saying this earlier before we started the show. I I don't like history, but I like when there's tangible things from history like for some reason I really enjoy seeing like old video, I shouldn't say video, old film of back in the early 20th century or uh photographs like World War 1 or the Civil War or sound recordings like um, Mary Had a Little Lamb by Thomas Edison. That just blows my mind that something was recorded in the 1800s and it's still around today. Anyway, there's a magazine Science News. It had a feature on the first use of sound recordings in the presidential campaign. In 1908, the presidential candidates recorded their voices on wax cylinders. Now back in the day, uh, they could have been bought for $0.35, cents, which is about $8 now. And This was obviously before radio came around. And if you if you go to the site, link will be on joshow dot com. Uh, apparently, apparently yeah. someone has a phone from like nineteen oh eight here. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell kind of phone is that?
1: That's my my one phone that's hardwired in my kitchen.
0: Holy! Does it have like an extension, a uh, twenty five foot cord on it, so you can walk around the house and talk? Yes, it does. It's one of those old ones? Is it a dial phone rotary? No, no, no. It's oh. a push button. Okay. But it's just in
1: case I lose power, I still have a phone.
0: Oh, I understand. So anyway, if you go to the site, they have um, the uh, William Howard Taft speaking and the – I can't tell you the name of the other person right now, William Jennings Bryan, and there's little speeches they have on there. Uh, William Jennings Bryan talks about bank failures and – on. And Taft talks about the progress of the Negro. I mean, this talk about politically correct. This is 1908, and I don't know how much they had to clean this up, but these recordings sounded pretty good. And I just, I, I'm just in awe of listening of listening to presidents that have been gone for you know 70, 80, 90 years. You just got to go to the site and take a listen to it.
1: Yeah, that that's what's cool is the the type of history that you have. And I mean, if you think about it. You know, when when we were in school, if we could have had access to something like the internet, uh-huh. you know, I mean, how much history you could have, you know, been involved in, where you could actually done research and listened to to Taft's, you know, uh, uh, stump speeches and whatnot, right? You know, whereas now, I mean, well, well, at least when I went to school. You could read about it, and that was about it.
0: Yeah, but even then, the closest thing to the internet then was the Encyclopedia Britannica. Yeah. I mean, really? I mean, seriously, we didn't really, really? have any other resources. You know, you go to your, your regular high school library, we didn't have, you know, microfilm of every newspaper article since, you know, the beginning of time. We had basically the Encyclopedia Britannica and whatever books were in the library and how outdated those were. That's all we could use. Yep. And like you said, you know, you could read the speech, but you you can't hear their voices, their, how they emphasize it, how clearly they spoke, you know, if they slurred any words or, or any of that, you know, it's it's so much better because you almost feel like you're living it.
1: Yeah, then you getting the inflection in his voice and what they're talking about. I agree with you. I thought I, it was cool. I think that, that right now it it, it would be the it, it's the best time to ever be a student.
0: Oh yeah, I agree. You know, so, so basically, that you're saying that our kids should have better grades than we had in school for history reports and stuff. Oh,
1: by far, by far, they 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 have more, they have the ability to have more tools than we ever thought of.
0: And they don't even have to leave the house. Exactly. That's what blows my mind. We had to go to the library. All right, let's let's change our tune. No more political stuff. Let's talk about the wonderful world of Windows. Ward, you got something going on with uh, Windows here?
1: Yeah, um, apparently the uh, businesses, especially the larger businesses, haven't, have decided not to uh, move forward with Vista, um, Microsoft's newest operating system. And uh, 30% of them said that they'd rather wait for, for the next version, which is uh, right now being called uh, Windows 7. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to, to work with Vista uh, in my job, I've seen it, uh, it. It's not a bad operating system. The, the problem that, that we had was the compat, or let me rephrase it: the lack of compatibility with some uh, medical programs. And because the, you know, basically just because the operating system wouldn't work right with the application, we can't use it. It's not a, a problem of whether or not we'd like to adopt it. It's It won't work, you know, so a lot of people are hoping that Windows 7 will take that into account. I personally don't see that happening because really what Microsoft ha- would have to do would be put more pressure on the companies that currently are using or th- that are developing programs for Windows and say, hey, look. You got to update your code. You got to get your stuff right because, you know, we're gonna get rid of XP. In fact, I just saw an article today where they extended uh, XP by another six months.
0: Well, they're gonna keep extending it, I think, until we get uh, Windows Seven out. And
1: but I don't think Windows Seven is gonna be the savior. Um,
0: No, I agree. I agree. I think XP. I think they should have Vista should never have come out. I think they should have come out with like XP. Uh, version two. I don't want to say service pack two, but version two. They should have built off of XP and made it that better.
1: Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I mean, in, in that way, you would have been able to put in the EFS that they were, or what was it called? No, it wasn't EFS. XFS, right? The extended file system that, and and built off of that, right? But, you know, that was one of the things that was initially promised in Longhorn, which uh-huh. became Vista, and uh-huh. never saw, never made it to fruition because they were trying to hit a deadline and start pulling stuff out that was the f- their first problem right is they 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 made all these promises initially of all this stuff that was going to happen in longhorn
0: uh-huh.
1: then they start you know coming up on deadlines that they couldn't hit and so in order to to go to move forward they start just pulling parts out of it. Okay, so we won't do this. We won't do that. We won't do this. And then, to to further confuse the consumer, they released seven or eight different versions. You know, you have your home, your home premium, your business, your business premium, ultimate. Right. You know, uh, and, you know, and each one went up in, in dollars. Now... When Microsoft released Home Basic, which is their bottom of the line, uh, the bare bones, the bare bones, it's it's Vista Basic. Right. It it doesn't do the arrow. It doesn't do. It's basically uh, an operating system. Period. Uh It has no bells and whistles. That's two hundred dollars. It's ninety nine dollars if you want to upgrade XP. Right. But it's still two hundred dollars. And as you move up the chain, when you finally get to Ultimate, I think Ultimate's like 400 bucks. Uh-huh. Now, and I'm going to say this because I'm an Apple fanboy, Apple released an OS uh, 10.5 shortly after Microsoft released uh, Vista. And Microsoft or Apple's bare-bones, basic, Bottom of the line was $79. Right. Their top of the line, you know, equivalent to their ultimate that has all the bells and whistles is $79. Right. There's one OS that, that gets released. This, this idea of we're going to just change it, you know, it, and from a, from a IT perspective, that gives you so many more variables that you have to figure out and work with, Uh you know, instead of saying, okay, if like right now, if I, if I get called to work on a Macintosh, I can say, okay, is it tiger or is it leopard? All right. It's tiger. Okay. That's the last version, Uh you know, whereas, okay, it's, it's windows. Okay. Is it windows ultimate? Or is it Vista, Basic, Home? Right. You know, okay, so I know which components are going to be there. You know, XP had two versions, which I was cool with. That's fine. I agree. Home and
0: Professional. I can dig that. That makes sense to me.
1: But I cannot understand the, well, you know, there's three different iterations for Home. There's two iterations for an Enterprise. Then on top of that, you got the, you know, media center type, which is now called Ultimate, uh-huh. I, to me, it, it just doesn't make sense. It, Microsoft is out of touch with the people that use their product Agreed. and the people that have to support their product. Agreed. But moving forward, I think that uh, we're going to see a huge change in The way Microsoft does things I, I, at least I hope because well,
0: well that 's what probably microsoft cloud 's going to be we 're going to hear about that in like three weeks
1: well balmer 's already announced it we 're going to we 're going to see something from it i don 't know what it can be i mean basically it 's going to be a browser that connects to the internet
0: is it going to try to compete with Google like is it going to have its own mail online and yeah. Uh, all that crap. Put your documents online. You
1: yeah. What's, what's that Zoho? It's it's right. supposed to
0: be very similar That's to Zoho. That's I, probably.
1: I, I look to see them buy Zoho. Because Zoho's a small company and they're doing it, they're doing it right. Uh-huh. You know, and the, it, it'll compete with Google Gears where it'll have, you know, your web piece uh-huh. and but doesn't it seem to you like we're going backwards? I, I don't know how long you've been in, involved in IT, but it seems to me like we're going backwards to the dumb terminal where everything's housed on some big server somewhere. Right. And all you've got is mm-hmm. a terminal mm-hmm. that connects to it and does your stuff. Right. But all your stuff is still processing on the server. Right. That's what it seems to me. And I don't know if, if that's the road I'd want
0: to take. Okay. Well, let me start from the beginning. Right now, I'm running Vista at home. I'm running Vista right now. I got the home premium version at home, but I love it. I think Vista – I'm not going to say Vista is the savior to XP because XP was the definitive Windows to me. That was – Microsoft should have stopped there, but I do like uh, Vista. I use Vista at home. The only way I would use Vista is on a new system. I would not upgrade an older system. You're going to have, like you said – too many compatibility issues. You don't know what headaches you're going to come across. As a matter of fact, I just got Service Pack 1 for Vista last week because my drivers were finally uh, usable in Service Pack 1. And that came out in like February. So it tells you how long it took for the <laughs> the drivers to be able to work with Service Pack 1. Um, at home, it's fine. In a business environment, you should, I, I can't see why anyone would even put Vista in the business environment. Most from what I understand, um, where my wife used to work, the I.T. department would, would try to stay two versions back, one or two versions back of the latest and greatest. You know, it's the most sta- more stable version, it's the more secure version, uh, less compatibility issues, with all the software they use. You know, a lot of people ran out that first day, bought Vista, tried to put it on their machine, they couldn't run any software. <sighs> Sorry. Too bad, so sad. You you know that, and I know that, you're gonna have problems that way. Businesses, they're gonna stick with XP as long as they can. I don't think Microsoft's gonna drop support for XP for at least another probably year, year and a half. Until they unless they really want to get these people off of XP, they're gonna have to sit there and support them. The the problem with Microsoft, unlike Apple, to me, I don't and you probably can argue, man, this I'm not an Apple fanboy or an Apple fanatic. Apple doesn't have to worry about anybody because it's more a closed environment. Apple makes their own computers. Apple, it's all Apple stuff inside. They know what's inside. So if they make a new operating system, they know it's going to work. Uh, Ninety-nine, ninety-five, ninety-five, ninety percent of the time. They know it's going to work. Microsoft has to make one and say, okay, you know, well, HP's going to use it and they're going to use, oh, they're using a Sound Blaster card or they're using they're using this video card. They're using this processor. And <sighs> Microsoft, you know, unfortunately, is not a closed environment. It's in an open environment, which is not good for them. So that's their problem. See, that's why Apple people like Apple more now. I think. I mean, they have what? What was that uh, article you gave me? Eight percent of the market yeah, 8%. Is, is.
1: Yeah, they've gone up to eight percent of the market share. Eight percent of the market. Well, that's
0: you know one of the reasons is is Vista. People hear bad things about Vista. You see the commercials on TV about Mojave and these people are like, wow, that's really Vista, which to me makes people look like idiots. That's a strike well, against Microsoft.
1: Well, the other part about it too is – doesn't that remind you of the old Folgers taste test? Exactly. I mean that's really Folgers? Uh, well, it, what, well, there's also – the, Oh,
0: go ahead.
1: Well, I was going to say – talking about – you know, the, Microsoft went and they spent uh, – what was it? Thirty Was it thirty million? Yeah, I think it was that a thirty million dollar budget. No, three hundred
0: million. Three hundred million? You talking about the commercials, right? The commercials. Yeah, the commercials with three hundred million. Seinfeld started with Seinfeld. Three hundred million. Okay. So with that three hundred million, they
1: started that Seinfeld thing that nobody got. Nope. I mean, I I didn't understand it, and and I don't consider myself a dumb individual, but it just didn't make sense. No. And then on top of that, then they said. You know, they only went two commercials and they were supposed to do 7. So they paid Seinfeld 10 million bucks for two commercials. Right. He made out like a bandit. Uh-huh. But then when then they started the I'm a PC commercial and they had the guy that looks like John Hodgman from the Apple commercials. Right. And they have all these people going, well, "I'm a PC and I'm a PC." And it just makes you think what kind of advertising number 1 all you're doing is you're lending credence to Apple uh-huh. with, the, with the Hodgman thing, which I think are some of the funniest commercials on TV. Well, I agree. But if you're going to try and go after Apple, all right, Microsoft has all this money to throw at it and says, okay, we're going to have $300 million to go after something. We'll take that $300 million and, and come up with a better campaign than Apple got. Uh-huh. You know? don 't try and compete with them because if you try and out that 's the thing Microsoft cannot out apple 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 's thing has always been okay we 're going to be funny you know their their commercials are always funny on the edge, you know type things you can 't out apple them no you can 't what, what you have to do is explain why I need to go buy vista mm-hmm. why why Microsoft. Is running everything. Uh huh. You know, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and they, they just don't do it. And I, I don't think they get it, is the problem. We better get moving along because uh-huh.
0: I, like, <laughs> I, I only got 30 minutes left on my laptop. Oh, crap. Okay. And uh, let's see here. What are we at? Okay. Uh, something about Sony and piracy?
1: Yeah, apparently Sony's back. Uh, And they're urging ISPs to put up some kind of a front against piracy. Now, here's my problem with that. Sony tried that before, and they put a DRM on audio CDs that whenever you put them in your computer, they would install a rootkit. Right. And they took a – there was a big backlash for that, and then – They said, okay, well, we'll fix that, and they fixed it, and they did it again. Mm -hmm. So DRM, in my opinion, is what's actually hurting them. Mm -hmm. If, If they would remove the DRM, number one, and say, you know, I have yet to see a study that says because of file sharing, record sales are down. Due to file sharing... Nobody is, is going out and buying albums anymore. You know, uh, in fact, Apple just did a thing during their last press thing that, that there's been, you know, six billion songs bought through the iTunes store. So people are still willing to pay for music. They're still willing to go to the store and buy the CD. They're not going to, you know, people... Aren't just you know going out and stealing all this music. The record company hasn't lost any money, but yet you got the RIAA running around suing uh, Jammy Thomas uh-huh. f- for two hundred twenty thousand dollars because she was sharing six songs. Now that's ridiculous. You know if they would take all the the money that they're investing into this. They could save so much. I, I could save them a ton of cash. Number one, get rid of the DRM. You get rid of the DRM that – and, in fact, there was a, a case where um, – who was it? Walt, was, no, it wasn't Walmart. Was it AOL? Hmm, I can't remember which one it was. It might have been Walmart that sold, and they were using uh, uh, Microsoft's DRM that uh, – uh, what's it called? Fair Play Play? F-
0: Something always, like that. I don't know. What always that was play like. something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about though.
1: But what it is is they have when you launch that song, it has to check in with a server. If that server's unavailable, that song don't play. Alright? Uh uh-huh. so uh I want to say it's Walmart. They said that they're getting rid of all of their They're
0: their shutting dudes. their they're shutting their servers down in October – this Octo and this month actually. Yeah, that was right. it. Uh-huh. And
1: then when the server goes down, that music's no good. And they said, before the server goes down, we encourage you to back it up, which is basically use the analog hole uh-huh. so that you'd be able to, to keep your music. Now, if DRM wasn't in, in play, they wouldn't have to make an announcement. Agreed. I, you know, the, the thing is, the, the, the only people that that hurts, you know, that DRM hurts, is the, the people that want to do things the right way. Right, the the people that are trying to be fair, uh-huh. and, and you know they go out and they buy their music, they go do whatever they're going to do, and then it gives them issues because you know they used a codec that that isn't available, or you know whatever the case may be. The it didn't affect the pirates. Agreed, because the pirates are going to figure out how to do it anyway.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, it, th- th- this comes right back just like the gun control, you know um you 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 can take i can't remember what the same as with with guns, but it's something to do with uh if you make something about if people if it's a crime to own guns, the only people that own guns are criminals it's it's the same idea d r m is is bad i don't want you to make me go to your server to make sure my windows version is a legitimate copy when i know it is. I don't want to have to go onto your Spore server to register my Spore game to make sure it's a legitimate copy because I know it is. You're right. Pirates, they'll put their little magic codes in. They'll put their little cracks in, and they'll go around it. They don't care. It it, it just makes the, the innocent, average Joe, honest consumer not want to buy your product. Plain and simple. DRM's a pain in the ass. And especially from Sony. Agreed. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> of course, like every other show, we have to have something about naked women.
1: <laughs> My
0: favorite subject. Ah, uh, I get off every time I see this stuff. There is a company called Burton Snowboards. And they, you know, obviously they come out with snowboards. And the 2009 line of snowboards is going to have pictures of, believe it or not, Playboy models on it. And if you go check out the links at AverageJoeShow.com, these are some nice pictures of the snowboards. Have you taken a look at them yet? Oh, absolutely. Of course, you know, people are getting upset about this everywhere. People like, I'm trying oh. to
1: figure out how to make it my wallpaper.
0: <laughs> I wish it was a bigger picture. I definitely wouldn't make it my wallpaper. But uh, it, it, people are getting angry everywhere. There's parents uh, – Writing letters to the company, telling them that you know they don't want their kids to get these boards I agree I mean you know who who uses snowboards? It's definitely not you know horny twenty something year old thirty something year old men It's teenagers you know early twenty year olds I mean who cares about the twenty year olds but would you would you like to see your 15 year old son come home with one of these snowboards I'd much rather have him come home with one of them than the, the <laughs> opposite yeah, the chippendale dancers. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean the thing is, if you look at the pictures, you, you really don't see anything graphic. No, I mean a lot of it is, you know, what you can do in your mind. Right. And to be honest with you, you can do that walking down the street. You know. Right. You know. Uh, I, I think that, that people are too stuck up anymore. That that this is harmless. Um, is is it erotica? I I don't think so. No,
0: I, I think it's you know, it's like Maxim magazine. The kids yeah. see Maxim magazine all the time. If parents are so concerned about this or whatever, the company could always just say you've got to be eighteen to buy the snowboard. You know? Yeah. I mean, I might be a little shocked if my fifteen-year-old kid came home with that snowboard. Yeah, but you know, it's probably better than coming home with a penthouse.
1: I mean yeah, I mean like I said you, you can't see nothing it's it's all it, it's a lo- there's a lot of innuendo
0: Oh yeah but
1: you know is it is it terrible no I mean it, this this isn't going to end the world or you know turn somebody you know into some kind of rapist the, there's no big deal
0: Spencer Spencer Gifts sells posters like this anyway that kids can buy what's the big deal I agree I, on that note, I think we're going to wrap this show up before Ward's laptop runs out of battery life. There, I, uh, you need to get a plug for that thing, Mister.
1: Yeah, I, I was just too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was because I I, us, I usually do it on my uh, on my Mac uh, Mini mm-hmm. that, that I have in the other room, but my son's in there playing something on Xbox, and it was too loud, so I just grabbed my my macbook pro went in the kitchen so it would be easier for me to uh to hear what was going on
0: i understand and so
1: that you could hear me
0: (laughs) well i know how that is i get on cell phones sometimes like what are you saying get out of there go somewhere quiet chart the windows i don't give a crap but anyway i'd like to thank ward for coming here tonight uh ward what about your site there the restaurant food fast what is that again
1: it's restaurantfoodfast.blogspot.com, and we also have all the recipes from the site are hosted at wartyworld.com. So if you decide that you would like the show or you just want to check out what kind of stuff we're cooking, you can go to wartyworld.com, uh, check out the forums there. We have a guest book. Sign up. Become part of the community. Ask questions and... Uh, Lord knows that I'm not going to answer them because I'm not a chef, but Chuck is, and uh, he'll be more than happy to answer any questions you could put up there.
0: Great. So make sure you check out that site, Com, And as always, make sure you check out our site at averagejoeshow.com. Have a comment, leave a comment, got a question, you can leave questions there. I'm got the. i going to have the comments section open back up on the website. If you want to shoot us an email, that's at talk at Com. Um, well, we're back. Hopefully we can be doing this on a weekly basis at least. Maybe we can get the rest of the, the game back together. If not, get some other people here, get some more input, some different stories going on. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Ward for being here. Not a problem. Anytime. Glad glad you could make it, Ward. Uh, that's, I'm Corey Charette, and that's Ward Miller, and I hope you enjoyed Average Joe's show, and we hope you come back next week. Until then, have a good one. And everything, and everything, and Bye-bye.